You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. I hope you've recovered from your Thanksgiving food hangover because the NBA's not waiting for anybody. We have training camps starting tomorrow around the league. The Sacramento Kings preseason schedule has been announced, including three nationally televised games. And Kings general manager Monty McNair spoke with members of the Sacramento media today in a Zoom press conference about all the moves he made during free agency. I'm going to share my thoughts on some of the moves. Plus, you will hear from McNair and more on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. Looking forward to covering season number seven for me of Kings basketball, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully you were able to get through it safely while still getting that uh, connection with family members. Uh, Maybe you, uh, like me, partook in Black Friday shopping in your own way. My wife and I spending way too much money. But we are very excited for NBA basketball to return. Hard to believe it's going to be December tomorrow. And look, November has been an interesting month to say the least with the NBA draft, free agency right after it. But the month of November in 2020 has been one of the most successful months in the history of the Locked on Kings podcast. I am so, so, so thankful uh, for that. All of you who have listened, those of you who are new, those of you, of course, who have been around a long time, you are all the best. I thank you so much and I look forward to having you with me for the build up to the start of the season through the early and mid parts of December, December 22nd, the opening night of the NBA still no idea as to when the actual NBA schedule will be released, although we do know that the schedule is going to be released in two different parts. The uh, NBA is going to release the first 36 games, and then the second 36 games will be released at a a later date. I'm told they're doing that so they can kind of test the waters to see uh, maybe the possibility of having fans for the back half of the season with the the second 36 games, also to leave room for makeup games, assuming some games can't be played or or postponed due to COVID-19 reasons. Uh, it's a different season in a lot of ways, not only a shorter season, but we are going to get really two halves of the season. So hopefully we'll ha- we will have the first 36 games uh, of the Kings schedule and of the NBA schedule period uh, in a couple of days. Of course, when that does come out, we will talk about that on the Locked on Kings podcast. But we have a lot to talk about here today. Uh, At the end of last week, or really the mid of last week, on Wednesday, the final episode that we did during Thanksgiving week, uh, we had just talked about the max contract to De'Aaron Fox, and we knew that at some point moves were really going to start being made after the Kings said that they were not going to match Bogdan Bogdanovich's offer sheet. It was a controversial move, a move that I'm still not a huge fan of, even though I understand it. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on Bogdan Bogdanovich, the Kings not matching him and all that, you can find that on last week's, uh, the Wednesday episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Uh, But also, you may notice that I've released two episodes here today for this Locked on Kings podcast, because the first episode is 
just today's Monty McNair press conference. The whole thing available for you to listen unedited. You can hear the questions from the media, all of Monty's answers. I'm going to be playing some of the clips from that press conference on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast on this episode here, and I'll be sharing my thoughts on some of the things that Monty said, but that entire press conference is available for you to listen right now. Uh, Be sure to check that out so you can get the full context of this conversation, of this press conference that he gave. Uh, Monty had a lot of good things to say about the moves that the Kings made. The first, I guess, major move, and I use air quotes there, that that the Kings did make uh, after saying goodbye to Bogdan Bogdanovich was the signing of Hassan Whiteside. Now, I have made it very clear that I am not the biggest Hassan Whiteside fan on the planet. In fact, I think Hassan Whiteside is, is probably has one of the lowest basketball IQs in the league, and he's shown that throughout his time in the league. He puts up good numbers, puts up good stats, but he's very inefficient when it comes to the win call. Now, he does do things that the Sacramento Kings need, particularly rebounding and shot blocking. He can do that with ease, and instantly he becomes the team's best shot blocker coming here to Sacramento. But when I heard that there were rumors of the Kings' interest in Hassan Whiteside, I wasn't a big fan of the idea because I didn't know, one, what Whiteside's value was going to be, and two, how he made sense for a Sacramento Kings team who says they want to play fast, and even though Hassan Whiteside is built to be able to play in transition, he's also 31 years old now, so his playing fast days are more in the past, although he is able to still run the floor at times. I actually asked Monty McNair about um, Whiteside's ability to fit in with the Kings' pace style and offense, and you're going to hear him answer that question a little bit later on in the podcast here today. But I was overall not a very big fan of the idea of Hassan Whiteside joining the Sacramento Kings, especially if the Kings were going to have to pay him a significant amount of money after not paying Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, what do I mean by significant amount of money? I never thought that Whiteside was going to get $10 million a year. But I was concerned that he might get 6 or 7 or 8 or even 9 but that's not the case here. And I also didn't know how many years the Kings were considering signing Whiteside for. And I didn't know also if Hassan Whiteside was a move that Monty McNair wanted to make or if that was a move that Kings ownership wanted. And of course, I've talked a lot during this offseason uh, and unfortunately during the last couple of weeks about General Manager Monty McNair, his front office, are they empowered to make the decisions based off of what they want, or is management still inserting their opinions and inserting their desires? And Hassan Whiteside seemed like someone who fit more of a ownership desire than Monty McNair desire based off of what we understand of of Monty McNair's uh, general plan for the Sacramento Kings. But in the end, the Kings did sign Hassan Whiteside, but they only signed him to a one-year minimum deal worth just a couple of million dollars, between two and three million dollars. I don't exactly have the, or I don't have the exact number here in front of me. I'm not mad about it. Now, I'm not thrilled by the signing either. In fact, this is just one big kind of meh signing to me because like I said, he does do things that the Kings need, rebounding, shot blocking. But I'm not excited about the guy. And I don't 100% understand how he makes perfect sense when you already have someone like Rashawn Holmes here Now, you're going to hear Monty McNair talk about the importance of having depth, especially at the big man position later on in the podcast today. And I also know that Rashawn Holmes is not as big as his on white side. Rashawn Holmes is a little undersized for a center in the modern NBA. But the move, it's not amazing to me. It doesn't jump off the page. It's not great. 
It's not horrible because the contract is not that bad. And maybe the Kings can move on from Hassan Whiteside at the trade deadline and get a second-round pick or, or, or something decent for him because he is an expiring deal and he is a player that theoretically could help a team that is maybe looking for a backup big man on a playoff push or, or title hunt. Who knows? Regardless, I'm not going to be mad about the Hassan Whiteside signing, even if I'm not the biggest fan of it. I would still take Rashawn Holmes and his hustle and his intensity and what he showed in Sacramento last season over uh, Hassan Whiteside's stats any day of the week. I would still take Marvin Bagley getting minutes at the five spot to see if he fits more as that five or as a four over Hassan Whiteside stats any day of the week. And so that's how I feel about it. I'm not really going to freak out. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be happy about it or celebrate it either. We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Well, the Kings followed that move up by uh, signing another big man. But this is a guy that spreads the floor. His name's Frank Kaminsky. Not a great player by any means. Has bounced around the league, was drafted by Charlotte, spent some time in, in a couple different places, now comes to Sacramento on a, uh, on a small minimum deal. Shoots around 34% from the perimeter over his career. So as a big man that can stretch the floor, he's big, he's tall, he can also grab rebounds. I don't have high expectations for him, but he adds big man depth. The name that I like the most that the Kings have brought in since uh, the or since letting Bogdan Bogdanovich go, other than Daquan Jeffries. Daquan Jeffries, you should recognize that name. Young player, was on a two-way contract with the Kings, uh, then worked himself into some major playing time, played really well for the Kings in the bubble, and has now been uh, rewarded with a a legitimate contract. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Daquan Jeffries uh, get some significant, decent minutes for the Sacramento Kings this season, especially at that small forward position. But speaking of the small forward position... The Kings did go out, Monty McNair did go out and sign Glenn Robinson III. So another player that's not going to blow your socks off, not the sexiest name on the planet, but he comes in, he does the fundamentals of of what you want from a wing, 3 and D type guy, and there's nothing really to turn your nose up at when it comes to a signing like that. So when I look at the Kings' free agency period, with the exception of De'Aaron Fox's max contract, I just see a whole kind of bunch of meh. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad team Look at, or thing. Look at where the Kings are at as a team right now. Look at what they're trying to do. The Sacramento Kings are, for the most part, trying to develop young talent, build a core. They're patient. They're willing to lose over this next season and maybe even the season after, depending how things go. So they don't need to go out and sign two, three, four-year contracts for players who might be a little bit better than the names they brought in. They're totally fine signing these these one-and-done low-money deals that they could either move on from at the deadline or just see through to the end at the end of this season. So for Monty McNair's plan, all of this makes sense. And I'm not going to be upset about it, not going to be too thrilled about it. I'm interested to see how this unit plays together. And one thing I did say, and I put out on Twitter last night, at MattGeorgeKHDK, and I'll probably talk about this more on a later podcast this week, but when I look at this Kings roster, I have realistic expectations. I'm not expecting this team to make the playoffs. I'm not expecting this team to win 35-plus games. Remember, it's a 72-game schedule and not an 82-game season this year. But I do look at this roster, and I do see enough talent to where I have a hard time believing that this team's not going to be competitive. Now, there's two different sides to competitive. There's competitive in the win column, and there's competitive on the floor on a nightly basis. 
I'm talking about the second one. I don't expect the Kings to be really competitive in the win column. Now, could they surprise us? Absolutely. OKC surprised me last year. Of course, they had Chris Paul, and the Kings don't have Chris Paul. I mean, I, I like De'Aaron Fox a lot. Maybe De'Aaron can turn into the Kings' own version of Chris Paul. But I'm not expecting the Kings to make a push towards a, a play-in tournament or an 8th or 7th seed uh, and and win around 40 games. I'm not expecting that. that not, that's not the competitive that I'm looking at. I am looking at this roster from a nightly competitive standpoint to where regardless of who the Kings are facing, they can match up with them. They can play them hard. And they can put on a, a, a good basketball game. Maybe even have a chance to win. I expect the Kings to steal a few wins and also drop a, a few wins this season. That's what I mean by competitive. I expect the Kings to be competitive against almost every team on any given night. And Monty McNair talks about how important it is for his team and how he really tried to add depth that allowed this roster to be versatile so they could match up with different teams on a nightly basis. You're going to hear clips from Monty McNair's press conference today in just a second. But before that, I want to take the time to tell you about one of our fantastic sponsors here of the Locked on Kings podcast. That is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies, and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, just to name a few. They also have, of course, their 12 original flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, my favorite mint brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And on top of being delicious, they taste like candy bars. I'm not kidding. They're also healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie and low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Right now, Built Bar is still having some great offers, even though Black Friday has come to an end. If you go onto BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, you'll get 20% off your next order. Not your first order, your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. With Kings training camp fast approaching, Monty McNair spoke to members of the Sacramento media on a Zoom press conference here today. Had great things to say about all the free agency moves, including an explanation uh, on uh, why the Kings did not match Bogdan Bogdanovich. Also provided an update on the relationship between Buddy Heald and the Kings organization. Going to be playing most of those clips here for you. Again, you can listen to this whole press conference right now. It was posted just before this podcast. Go and find it wherever you find the Locked on Kings podcast if you want more context. This is not uh, what I'm going to be playing for you today. It's certainly not all the clips from that press conference. So there's more information out there for you to listen to. But right now, I'll start with the first clip, uh, Monty McNair's opening remarks, where he talks about all of the moves that the Sacramento Kings uh, made during free agency. You know, we've had a, uh, you know, exciting offseason, I think, um, with uh, De'Aaron extension, as well as uh, welcoming some some new free agents, re-signing some of our own. Um, as well as adding some talent through the draft. So um, want to talk a little bit about those guys. Um, obviously, De'Aaron, talented. Um, you know, we're excited to see him grow into a leader for us. Um, you know, the, the potential to be a, a great two-way player in this league, which is, um, you know, which is something that you can build around. And, and we're excited to, to have him, um, you know, kind of as our, uh, you know, one of, one of the premier young guards in the league uh, to lead us. Um, well, as Tyrese, I think um, adding him in the draft as a compliment to De'Aaron and how we want to play um, and Jemias and Robert as, uh, you know, talented potential 
potential two-way players as well. Um, and then in free agency, uh, we added uh, Hassan Whiteside, um, perhaps the premier shot blocker in the league, one of the best rebounders. Um, really excited to add his uh, defensive versatility um, as well as uh, retaining uh, some of our own guys, uh, Nemanja and Daquan, uh, who were instrumental in, in some of last season's success. Um, for training camp, we've also brought in a couple uh, big men, uh, Frank Kaminsky and Chemezi Metu, uh, give us some versatility, some shooting, um, athleticism, and excited to see what they'll bring, uh, what they'll bring to the floor. Um, overall, I think our additions, you know, add a, add a lot of versatility um, and flexibility, optionality for for Coach Walton uh, and the rest of the team, um, and uh, really excited to see um, to see what they can do on the floor here in training camp. McNair calls this an exciting offseason for the Sacramento Kings. It's easy to roll your eyes at that. However, you have to remember from his perspective, his first full offseason at the helm of a team. Now, he's doing a lot of things that he's learned and and been a part of in Houston uh, throughout his career in the NBA, but now he is the guy making the final decisions, and he made moves to overall implement his plan, and that, I'm sure, is exciting to him. I am excited in the sense to see what this roster can do, what kind of lineups, and what kind of system Luke Walton is going to be putting together. And you'll also notice, whether you listen to the full press conference or not, you'll notice that there's going to be multiple times in the clips that I play for you that McNair talks about empowering Luke Walton and putting together a roster, but it's on Luke Walton to use these players correctly. Keep an ear out for that. And here is McNair talking about uh, his reasoning for the Kings not matching uh, the offer sheet for Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Atlanta Hawks. We really spent a lot of time analyzing it from... Um, from all angles, uh, Bogdan's obviously a you know a very good player in this league, and um, you know was was a big part of of the success um, that the Kings had, especially uh, towards the end of of last season. Um, ultimately, we came back to the fact that um, you know we're trying to maintain as much flexibility as we can, um, and uh, and we thought that going forward. Um, you know, the ability to, to maintain that uh, would allow us to add, um, to add talent and, and capitalize as, as big opportunities came up down the road. Um, and so ultimately we decided not to match. Um, and, and that also, I think, cleared, um, you know, potential extra playing time for, for our, our loaded guard spot um, with, uh, with De'Aaron, uh, Buddy, and, and adding Tyrese in the draft, um, as well as others. So, um, you know, ultimately, we, we decided to to continue our plan of of keeping flexibility and uh, being able to um, to capitalize down the road. So here's where I'm at with the Bogdanovich situation. I understand why the Kings made the move. I do get it. And I believe McNair when he says they made the move mainly to maintain flexibility so that down the road they can capitalize on a potential big move and will have the cap space to be able to do it. I understand that completely. It's a smart move. However, you're gambling that down the road that move will be there. And when that move is there, you'll be able to make it. Remember, You're still the Sacramento Kings, a destination that is very difficult to attract top talent to. So Monty McNair is trying to change that culture. I admire that. I'm rooting for him to be able to do that because it would be great to see good players recognize Sacramento for the great basketball city that it is and want to be a part of hopefully bringing a championship finally to this city. But he's fighting an uphill battle there. So where I'm at with this is I accept Monty McNair's reasoning, but 
in a year or two, maybe even three years, when that move does become available and Monty McNair goes for it, if he does not land it, we are going to look back on this Bogdanovich move and say, did you fail there? Because you have to be able to capitalize and cash in on one of those moves in the future with the flexibility you've given yourself when you're allowing talent like Bogdanovich to walk in a market like Sacramento. But I do have to give full credit to McNair and the Kings front office. They were able to negotiate the max contract for De'Aaron Fox. And here's McNair talking about making that a priority. Extending you know, a talent like De'Aaron is is always going to be one of your top priorities. And um, you know his his production and youth and ability to, I think, continue to grow, uh, both as a player and a leader, um, you know, made it, made it a decision that we wanted to try to work out. We're happy we got it done for sure. I alluded to earlier, Monty McNair talking about building a roster that is versatile enough to compete, uh, with different teams and match up with different teams. Here's McNair explaining that more in his own words. What we really want is, is the, the roster versatility to be able to match up, um, with any team or any situation. And, you know, somebody like Hassan, um, you know, gives us not just size, but um, shot blocking, um, finishing on offense, uh, re- rebounding on both ends. And I think it'll be a good compliment to, uh, to the rest of the guys we have on the roster. I would love for the Sacramento Kings to get to a point where they don't have to match up well with others, where they force others to match up with them. And we saw sprinkles and elements of that early on in the 2018-2019 season when the Kings were playing really fast under Dave Yeager. But of course, it takes time to build that, and it takes even more time to be able to sustain that over the course of an entire season. So I'm okay with McNair, at least for this year, bringing in uh, contracts, one-year deals, trying to put together uh, a group that is able to be versatile, that can handle different teams on a nightly basis. And that's good to have for any team. But like I said, I would love for the Kings to get to a point uh, where they don't have to try and worry about matching up with everybody else and they can force others to match up with them. But we do know that the Kings want to play with pace. Monty McNair made that very, very clear in his introductory press conference uh, a couple of months ago. And I actually asked McNair about that, making sure that was still the plan going forward or one of the big pieces of the Kings' future identity. Uh, And then I asked him how Hassan Whiteside and Frank Kaminsky specifically fit into that. And here's what he said. You know, playing with more pace is one thing we want to do, uh, but we also want to be aggressive, um, especially on defense. We want to space the floor. Um, I think in Frank's case, you know, um, the ability to, in some situations, play four out or even five out, um, you know, gives us a different look and and allows us to to be aggressive, um, attacking the basket and um, trailing for threes in transition. Uh, You don't always have to be out in front of the pack um, to play with pace. Um, And then, you know, with Hassan, I think, you know, the ability to, for him to protect the rim, um, you know, allows us to be more aggressive on the perimeter uh, defensively, especially. And then offensively, you know, um, even if I think Hassan has the ability to, to rim run, uh, but also uh, if, if he's trailing in any situation to come down and, um, you know, clean up on the offensive glass and, and uh, you know, be around the rim and, and be a force there. Um, so, you know, I think while, while speed is one of our, 
our goals, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, tenets to how we want to play stylistically that those guys help fulfill. Another thing that I've wanted to see from the Kings this year, and I hope we get to see, is more opportunity for Marvin Bagley at the center position. And it makes sense for Monty McNair coming from the Houston Rockets system where they like to go small, plus Luke Walton's willingness to play uh, Harrison Barnes at the four in stretches last season. It makes sense for the Kings to give Bagley some run at the five spot. Also, his inside-out game seems to make more sense with that, especially if you're trying to surround him and De'Aaron Fox with shooters. But with the signing of Hassan Whiteside and the addition of Frank Kaminsky, also having Nemanja Bialica uh, and Rashawn Holmes on the roster, I'm curious where Bagley's minutes at the five are going to come from and whether or not McNair sees Bagley as potentially a five. I asked him about that. Here's what he said. Yeah, I think Marvin's like obviously an incredible talent, but just another guy who who can play in, in multiple um, situations. And so I think uh, wherever Luke decides to use him and however he decides to implement him, I, I think, um, you know, he'll be a force, um, especially in transition. Um, you know, I think on, on the defensive end, I think his ability to to play inside as well as switch. Um, you know, I think there's, there's plenty of opportunities um, for how, how he can be utilized. Overall, with Bagley, with Kaminsky, with Bielitsa, with Whiteside, and with uh, Rashawn Holmes, Kings have a lot of depth in their front court, and their guards are no different with Fox, with Corey Joseph, with Halliburton, with Daquan Jeffries, uh, with Buddy Heald. The Kings have a lot of depth everywhere, and McNair said that was one of his major priorities. It's normally a priority for him when building a team, uh, but especially with this odd season and COVID-19 looming overhead, uh, building depth was very important for McNair and the Kings this offseason. We always want as much depth and versatility as we can, um, Maybe even more so this year. Um, you know, there's there's certainly going to be a lot of unknowns um, that we're dealing with, and you know, I think that's. But there's there's always that, and maybe maybe if it's a little more this year, but we always want to have um, as many options as we can, uh, as much depth as as possible. I think uh, you saw that in a lot of our our moves this off season. Um, you know, where we have we have guys not just. Uh, that can that can fill in, uh, but can pl- fill it in multiple spots. Um, and so I think that's that's always a key and, and probably this year more than ever. It makes a lot of sense. And if I get the opportunity to speak with Luke Walton in the near future, hopefully we'll be able to speak to him once training camp begins. I want to ask him about his game plan for that because I highly doubt, not just with the Sacramento Kings, but everywhere around the league, if a player plays all 72 games this season, I'm going to be very, very surprised. From a Kings perspective, let's look at the big pieces. Let's look at De'Aaron Fox. Let's look at Buddy Heald. Let's look at Marvin Bagley. The likelihood of them playing 72 games, I'd say, is extremely low. I would be thrilled if Bagley could play 60 plus games. I would be thrilled if De'Aaron Fox could play 65 plus games. Same thing with Buddy Heald, but whether it's COVID or whether it's injuries or just the fact that there's going to be an increased number of back-to-backs because of the shortened season, I'm very anxious to see how coaches are going to manage the players not playing for rest purposes or dealing with the different injuries that are probably going to happen or even the the COVID incidents that happen now that we're not in a actual NBA bubble. So I look forward to asking Luke Walton about that if he's uh, had any thought about it. But clearly McNair has thought about it with the depth that he has added this offseason. 
Well, the final couple of clips that I have to play for you have to deal with Buddy Heald. And you know I've been very critical of Buddy Heald over the last really year and a half here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Many of you already know my feelings. I would prefer for the Kings to try and move on from Buddy at the deadline if the right deal is there. But as of right now, according to Monty McNair, Buddy Heald is a Sacramento King. They view him as part of the system. I still am hesitant to say they view him as part of the core, like Adrian Wojnarowski reported. But here was McNair's response when he was asked about his relationship with Buddy Heald and how Buddy, I guess, fits in and works with head coach Luke Walton and this new King system. I've said in the past, Buddy's Buddy's such an incredible talent, um, and uh, especially his shooting um, at an elite level is is something that it, we, we saw this offseason was at a premium. So, um, you know, I think we're really excited to, to see him um, in this system. Um, and uh, obviously with with uh, Coach Coach Walton, as well as, um, you know, Alvin and Rex and the, the system they're going to implement, I think Buddy's going to look, um, look really good in it. Excited to see him, uh, you know, in, in training camp and, and how he can progress there. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I have the utmost confidence, but he'll continue to play hard every night. Um, like he always has. Here's more encouraging stuff from McNair on Buddy Heald. I've talked with, uh, with Buddy as well as his agent. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we're, we're all on the same page. Um, and I think we're really excited to see, to see Buddy, uh, you know, uh, kind of let, let free in, in, in this system. I think he's going to be fantastic. We'll have to wait and see what that new system looks like. Not only is it Luke Walton there, but of course the addition of Alvin Gentry, who is a very strong offensive mind who has experience coaching Buddy Heald, even if it was just for half a season in Buddy's rookie year. We'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But on paper, Buddy Heald's elite shooting makes perfect sense for this Kings team and seems to fit well with what they are trying to do. It's just about implementing that and managing all egos uh, of all parties involved. That is another other issue in its own right. But like I said, if if I had to gamble on it, if I had to put money on the logical outcome or likely outcome uh, of this Buddy Heald saga in Sacramento, I, I would bet that both he and Harrison Barnes are gone by the trade deadline. I think that's the most likely scenario. However, if Buddy Heald really makes it work, he clicks, he repairs his uh, relationship, I guess, with the Kings coaching staff and specifically Luke Walton and decides he wants to stay here and the Kings do view him as part of a core that can be effective and maybe even win in the next couple of seasons. Hey, great. I would love to see Buddy Heald work out. I just am very skeptical about it. Well, next stop is Sacramento Kings training camp, a clip that I didn't play for you, but you can hear more uh, from Monty McNair in the full press conference, again, available for you. It's the episode before this episode, wherever you find the Locked on Kings podcast. Listen to that full press conference. I think you'll enjoy what he had to say. But another thing that McNair said is that from as far as he understands, uh, the Kings players are coming into training camp, which begins here very, very shortly. Uh, They're coming into training camp in good shape. So that's an encouraging thing. We'll have to wait see with COVID-19 and with injuries and things like that, how healthy this team is and how ready they are to go. We're not going to have our normal media day like we would have where we all go into the practice facility and get all of our media at once. It's going to be spread out over the course of a week. So uh, we'll have that content for you coming up on the Locked on Kings podcast. It's either next week or two weeks from now. And then of course, preseason. Preseason is happening. Uh, These games, of course, meaningless not really 
too interesting unless you're interested in trying to well of course we're starving for Sacramento Kings basketball so we're all going to watch it but the most watchable part of these Kings preseason games uh, are the fact that we're going to see or at least get a glimpse of what roster rotations Luke Walton is thinking of and how these players fit together and what is Hassan Whiteside's role and how involved is Buddy Heald and what does the starting lineup even look like. Uh, All of those questions, or hopefully most of those questions, will be answered with preseason, so I cannot wait for that. The Kings will play four preseason games against two teams. They will have two games in Portland against the Trailblazers on December 11th and December 13th, and then they will host the Warriors for two games in the Golden 1 Center on December 15th and December 17th. Three of those games, including both Warriors games, will be nationally televised. The December 11th game at Portland is on ESPN, the December 15th game against Golden State is on TNT, and the December 17th game against Golden State is on ESPN. So if nothing else, in a few weeks, we will have Sacramento Kings basketball to watch and to talk about and to enjoy together as we begin another abnormal but hopefully enjoyable Sacramento Kings season. If you want to respond to anything that we talked about on today's Locked On Kings podcast, please do so at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter, or you can email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Share your thoughts on some of the Monty McNair clips, maybe other uh, sound bites from the entire press conference. If you listen to it, any questions that you might have, comments, anything like that, please send them to me. Also, if you could leave a review of this podcast, that would be fantastic. Uh, You can do so on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That is the best place to do it. Please leave a review. If you want to leave a blurb as well, things you like, don't like, just a little comment about the Locked on Kings podcast. That is great. It helps attract new listeners. And I, of course, pay attention to all the reviews, always trying to get better. If you have constructive criticism and comments for the show, ways we can improve, I will definitely pay attention to those as well. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. At some point this week, I'm hoping to have CBS draft analyst Kyle Boone back on the pod uh, so he can share his overall thoughts on the Kings drafting Tyrese Halliburton as well as the other moves that they made on draft night. Excited to get his comments plus more great content coming to the Locked on Kings podcast, so be sure uh, to come back and keep on listening. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.